But when it comes to the Revolutionary War, you might know things like Yorktown, the shot heard round the world, Valley Forge, or George Washington crossing the Delaware with his men. But did you know that there were several key battles in the Revolutionary War that were fought right here in North Carolina? Today, Savvy Citizen sits down with Jason Luker and Alex Brooks to talk about why North Carolina played a key role in the deciding of America's fate. So we're here with Jason and Alex again from the museum. <laughs> Just kidding. They are some of our favorites for sure. But um, So we're here to talk about the Revolutionary War. That's right. Yes. Which I know very little about. Should know more. You're not alone. A lot of people are that way. It's, which is Surprisingly, a lot of people are that yeah. way. We kind of get locked in on particular wars and kind of, for you know, we, we talk about revolutionary time period. George Washington, he crossed some river, he killed, you know, he beat the British. Huzzah. You know, that, that's right. kind of right. Our right. knowledge of the Revolutionary War. You know, I always found it fascinating that, uh, you know, in like more the northern part of this, the country, they tend to talk more Rev War, less, you know, Civil War, Mexican-American yeah. War, what have right. you. And and here in North Carolina especially, we really don't talk that much about Rev War, and yet there are more battles fought here than just about anywhere else. Oh, yes. no way. The, yeah. war, the, the War of Independence was won in the Carolinas. Wow. There what? More, more battles were here in our area than any other part of the original colonies. This is where the war was won. They don't talk about that in Hamilton. They do not. They do not. <laughs> they kind of sadly gloss, they gloss over it actually in Hamilton. When they you know, if you're a Hamilton fan, you know you he talks about Yorktown because that's where Hamilton was. He was at Yorktown. Yes. You don't get to Yorktown. There is no victory at Yorktown until you get through the Carolinas. Mm. I feel like you know Rev War history in this country is is you know Paul Revere rides shouting about some lanterns. Yep. I know and that then York, part. and then Yorktown happens. Yorktown happens. <laughs> <laughs> there's some tea in the there, harbor. There, there's yeah, harbor we tea. we yeah. we have we have a little tea party, um, and and that's and that's it. Patrick Henry talks about giving him death. Yeah, yeah, um, something about death. Um, Benjamin Franklin goes to England. You know, Thomas Jefferson goes oh, see, to France. See, uh, you're, you're you're assuming that's only the people that have watched Hamilton. Exactly, but I'm, <laughs> you know, or or the John Adams miniseries a couple of years ago. Yeah, true. You know, true. It, but that, but yeah, I think that's always was, as a historian. In the, in the South, especially here in the Carolinas, it's just always been this frustrating thing. It's like, why aren't we talking more about the fact that our country's independence was made possible through our states, through yeah. South Carolina and North Carolina? In our area, we are nestled between massive, massive engagements. And that Gaston, what we consider Gastonians today, who have been... Trionians, excuse me, just hit the mic. Trionians or Lincolntonians before they became Gastonians, that fought in these battles that were there, that were that, that represented ourselves uh, very well. By the way, yeah. so I guess that's the point that, that we're while we're you know people ask why we're talking about this. Well, one, no one ever talks about it, and I think they, we think we should. And two, you know, our, our anniversary, the Cass County anniversary is coming up. The 175th anniversary is this uh, December, December the 21st is our 175 years of this county being Gaston County. Awesome. Very awesome. Thing is, our history runs much deeper than that. Mm -hmm. Goes all the way back to when we were Anson County, then Tryon County, then Lincoln County. So that's what you were referring to when you said Tryonians. Tryonians. Okay. Yeah, yes. I'm sure that is inappropriate, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and so there is a contingency of settlers in this area when the war began. And I always talk about when did the war begin, and, it's like, and that's also even tougher because really there's three wars that are going on. There's not just the War of Independence. There's a war of loyalty. Are you going to be loyal to the crown? Are you going to be a patriot? There's a war over land. Most notably, our neighbors to the west, the Cherokees. And then you have the War of Independence, where you're actually trying to build a nation. 
That is all happening here on top of itself here in North Carolina, here in the Piedmont. Everything in America feels, I mean, I know it's so new compared to anywhere else in the world. Sure, it feels yeah. new. So, but, so that's why, like, you know, 175 years since Gaston County became Gaston County, it's just hard to, I don't know, I have no, no old stuff to wrap my head around to compare it to. So it seems like both so, so, so long ago and so recent. Yeah, um, it, it And is. so, like, w- all this happening, too, like, it just seems so far in the past, but, like, compared to elsewhere. It's That's just, a good point. Like, if you ever end up in Europe, I'm always struck by, like, you the architecture. Like, mm-hmm. periods of history are marked in the architecture. So, like, do y'all at the museum have any artifacts from this time period? Or are there, like, sites that people can visit to, like, I don't know, get a sense of the history? Oh, yes. And we, we have some, a little bit of stuff in our, our collection that kind of dates back to this time period. Uh, very little. Um, and most of it is, is gone on to other locations or just been lost and, uh, over the course of time. But battlefields, that's one of the biggest things that I surround us. You have the, the Battle of Kings Mountain, um, the Battle of Cowpens, uh, Guilford's Courthouse, uh, Ramsers Mill. Are uh, you saying there was a battle at the courthouse? At Guilford's Courthouse. Uh, the, what Whoa. was it called? Guilford, Guilford County. Guilford yeah. County. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. So, That's I mean, if you if you look at all these kind of tied together, you know these are all the battles that are are essential. Like if you look at like Kings Mountain, that is a battle that took place right next door to us. Uh huh. And the people who are on those hill that they're fighting are from this area. Uh huh. They're from this area, and it is a war where there's only one British person, only one person not born in the United States that we know of that's sitting on that on that hill who is the commander for the British. Um, army that was there. This guy named Patrick Ferguson, and he was Scottish. Uh-huh. Everybody else on the hill were Americans. It was just for the British side, there were loyal Americans to the British crown, and for the other side, it were people who wanted to create their own country, uh-huh. the Patriots. Oh wow! And on that hill, you—it is a civil war inside of the Revolutionary Gosh, War. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I feel like I never really fully appreciated that. I always yeah. assumed that like anyone who was coming from England, was literally coming Same. from England yeah. on a boat to <laughs> fight in the war. But yeah. that yeah. makes no, sense it was, that it's mostly people who are already living here. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you think about it, I mean, just the logistics of, of bringing those number of troops over, the, the Revolutionary War to England was not this big thing. Um, it was It was actually, I mean, it was, you know, we, we like to think highly of ourselves. Uh-huh. Yes, very um, much so. You know, that... that we are all-encompassing, and we, we are the most important thing on anybody's docket. And we were not. <laughs> yeah. So for, I mean, for England, you know, you got to figure, England's fighting other wars. They're, they've got other things going on. Um, they, they are a world superpower at yeah. this point. So we are actually, I mean, you know, not saying that we, we aren't worthy of notice, but we're not necessarily always front page headline news either. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it becomes a lot more over the course of the time because they think, well, we'll just go over there, slap the colonists around, let's let's end this and mm-hmm. get back to business, get back to making all the money, being being the powerful empire that we are, being the British. And it just kept on going and kept on going and dad blasted it, just kept on going, uh-huh. and and that to the point where you know one could even argue the British like, you know what. Forget you, America. Yeah, we'll see what you're going to do in the next couple of years. Hamilton does this uh-huh. really well yeah. with the yes. king saying, yeah, yeah, see how you like being a ruler. Yeah. Right. And there is a you know a part of that that kind of comes on. That's why we have the War of 1812. Is basically England's like, well, wait a second. Y'all were supposed to come back to us. You bunch of ingrates, you know. And, and, you know, and then we fought our, our true mortal enemy, 
the Canadians. The only <laughs> nation. The only nation that has beaten America twice. Canada. Wow. Still bitter about it. You know, you know, sitting up there in Ontario thinking they're all cute and whatnot. A. With their maple syrup A. and their A's and their moose. Whatever, Canada. <laughs> So yes, it, it's it is a fast. That's why they're so friendly. Because <laughs> they know yeah. they got two up on us. <laughs> Canada's two and zero oh with two the and US. Two and oh with the US. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's and I think that's one of the most important things. All right, so to kind of walk you through real quick, what happens? Why why are we saying the Carolinas are you know the most important thing during the Revolutionary War? Basically, you have what what normally gets talked about. George Washington up there, the crossing of the Delaware, yeah. um, the Valley Forge, all that kind of stuff. Very, very important things. Basically, what happens is the war becomes a stalemate from when the first shots were fired in 1775 up until 1780. It is this lockdown between George Washington and the British. Now, the British have been kicking butt and taking names. George is not winning many battles. Okay. He's just able to get away from the battlefield and not get killed. That's why the crossing oh. of the Delaware is such a big deal is because George actually won something. Oh. You know, he <laughs> actually got across and he got and he killed the Hessians who were German, you know, mercenaries that were brought in by the British. Killed them. Won. And we we're like, what the? And so it, it's... <laughs> Good job, George. Good job, George. And so the British are like, man, we can't we can't stop these guys. It's just every time he's a slippery little joker. So this big, tall guy, you think it'd be easy to kill. He just keeps on slipping away. I love the idea of George Washington being described as slippery. Slippery. <laughs> so slippery. You know, and so this they, is our You would think with fathers. all that powder in his wig that he would not be slippery. Not, he is. He is very slippery. You usually don't hear that about George Washington. Slippery. Anywho. So they think, okay, okay, we're going about this war the wrong way. What we need to do, this is the British, and they say, we're going to go around to the south. Okay, we're, we're locked up here with this, with this problem up in the north. So we're going to go down to the south, and we're going to take out the bottom part, and then we're going to just close them in and surround them, and now George has nowhere to slip off to. Oh. And at that point in time, also, they've been hearing, in the South, there's a lot of support, a lot of lawyers. So if we take out Charleston, we take out Savannah, we march on up through the Carolinas. Loyalists to, to the king. To the king. So if we go down there, we'll have a bunch of people, yay, the king are here, we get rid of these patriots, they're a bunch of jerks. That's what the British are thinking. Mm-hmm. And so they get down, and they have this big... You know, like Charleston knows something's ha- happening because, like Alex said, it takes a lot of power to move a lot of people around right. back then, even now. So there's a bunch of boats coming down the <laughs> coming down the coast, and word gets to the south, like, holy moly, they're coming your way now. So they tried to set up this 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 group to meet them in Charleston, led by this guy named Benjamin Lincoln, and Lincoln was the, the guy in control, and he was going to meet the British in Charleston, and with he completely missed his opportunity. They oh, take yeah. Charleston without hardly a fight, sneak in, grab everything, take all the supplies, take in all the prisoners. Mm-hmm. Benjamin Lincoln is able to escape, but is an absolute terrible mess. Oh, he bungled it. Bungled it hard. Mm. And now Charleston, which is one of the biggest cities and most important strategic cities of the entire colonies, is now under British rule. Oh. And they're marching around up to the Carolinas. All right, so thanks a lot, Lincoln. You didn't do Dilly poo for us. So we're going to send down. <laughs> we're going, all right. Now, and here's the interesting thing. The it's a technical term for you, bye. The Continental Dilly Congress poo. is really not with Washington right now. Because Washington's complaining about being in Valley Forge, and he's not winning a lot of battles, and he's just, nam, 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 nam. Yeah. But there's this other guy, this hero of Saratoga. 
And Horatio Gates is his name. He won the Battle of Saratoga, which is a big battle up there. You can read about it later. And he has made a name for himself. So the Continental Congress says, okay, you, Horatio, go down to the Carolinas. Benjamin screwed it all up. You're going to fix it. So he gets his army together, gets his groups together, and he goes down to Candom, South Carolina, right out the side of where Columbia is today. Okay. And that's where he's going to meet the British. As they're coming up, we got our good continental line and our militias and, you know, hoorah, baby. We're going to, we're going to, Saratoga is going to, you know, winner of Saratoga is going to win the battle. He gets his head handed to him. It is an absolute whipping by the British against the Americans. Oh, no, not again. Again. (laughs) And our hero, Horatio Gates, flees the battlefield, leaves his men there. And supposedly rides his horse all the way back up to Charlotte. It sounds like they should have trusted George Washington a little bit. Yes, more. <laughs> and that and that's another thing. They kind of come back to George, go, you know, we're kind of sorry that we kind of went over your head and uh, you know got this guy as Horatio Gates got. Sorry about that. Um, what should we do? Because <laughs> 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 now the British have beaten this twice, yes. and they had this ruthless son of a gun by the name of Bannister Tarleton. Bannister. Bannister. He led a, a, a particular fighting force called the Gradoons, the Green Gradoons. And these guys were horse-mounted people, cavalry. And they had a particular sword. It's called a saber. And you probably have seen these type of swords. But it kind of broadened at the, at the top. And it's curved. And it's curved. A saber does or his specific? It, well, no, the, he had saber. a particular type, but the, this sa- all sabers did. Okay. But he had one they particularly liked. Okay. And what they would do is, it was a wonderful tactician where he would run through a battle line and just hack away. Oh. And these things were made perfectly to take off an arm, take off a leg, yeah. just oh, to hack man. you up. They're, they're a shorter sword, so you don't actually hit your horse. It's okay. easier not to hit your horse, but it's actually designed to decapitate infantry. <gasps> oh, yes. this sounds terrible. Yes. Wow. wow. So wow. Bannister was a wonderful tactician um, at this particular a fight and the, and the British were masterminds of terror. You all seen rare that the um, the red uniforms. Yeah, that is a terror tactic. If you're on the battlefield and you got this big long line of brightly red guys, mm-hmm. and when you fire a musket, it produces a cloud of smoke. So if you have like a volley, which everyone lines up in the line and fire together, and it makes this huge cloud. Uh-huh. And if you, if you get a good enough reenactment um, battlefield nowadays you can actually yeah. see a little bit of this okay. where it, it will just it will look like the whole field is just covered in this massive fog cloud okay so if you if you see that and you just had a, this barrage of bullets come flying past you and you see this huge wall of smoke and coming through that wall of smoke is this red line and you hear the drums going the Brit- the british were mass and if it in drums beating which were actually beating out Orders, commands. yeah. Um, you know, th- those are actually there to deliver commands because you can't just yell from one end to the other, but you can hear the drums. And then, remember, the, the British also had um, Highlanders. So they were actually, they were also using not just drums, but also bagpipes. Yeah. Oh. So the, ha- the haunting, screeching sound of the bagpipes, the banging of the drums, the splitting of the smoke, the red-blooded soldiers coming down, the gleams of the bayonets pointed at you, and then you hear the thundering hooves of Bannister Starlington's cavalry coming around the side. Yeah, I'm with George Washington, about ready to slip right <laughs> so out. Slip on out, baby. <laughs> slip on out, slip on out. And that's what a lot of the militia did. A lot of the guys, the volunteer militia, they would see that and go, not today, not with me, and they would <laughs> hightail it away. Because their fighting was a lot more entail, and a lot of the, the fighting that we had in our area 
were with our original enemy. I joked about Canada. Our real enemies, our real original enemies in this area were the Cherokees. This was a blood war between the Cherokees and the settlers fighting over land and pushing the Cherokees out and taking land. That's the first people that people here in the Carolinas fought against, especially here in our part of the Carolinas, in North Carolina. They fought against the Cherokees because they were trying to get the land from the Cherokees. In 1776, when they declared independence, first battles, Cherokees. And it was bloody. It was a bloody fight. Um, Ruth uh, Rufferton. Uh, from Rufferton County, uh-huh. uh, Griffith Rufford. Uh, he led a group of, of, of patriots into against the Cherokees. The Cherokees had been raiding on settlements in the area, and they had been remained loyal to the British. And him and another gentleman by the name of Wilmington uh, uh, from South Carolina, to, them together did a, a just a scorch earth campaign against the, the Cherokees uh-huh. and burned their villages. About 32 oh, different yeah. villages were burned and their and their food was destroyed. They actually attacked the the resources of the Cherokees because their thought was, we can't beat them in the in on on steady ground. The Cherokees are too powerful, know the area too well. Talk about people slipping away. They were able. They were master tacticians of guerrilla warfare. They and the and the colonists knew we would never win this fight with them that way. Uh-huh. So what we had to do is starve them off the hills. Oh, and they took and burned the food and slaughtered the everybody. the villages. Everybody. They showed no quarter, and it brought the Cherokees to their knees, and they and they surrendered, not because they didn't have the power to stand up against them, not because they didn't have the resolve, but because if they recognize they will starve to death, then they will be wiped from the face of the earth if they didn't surrender. Well, grab your ball and musket and fife too. We're talking with Jason Luker and Alex Brooks of the Gaston County Museum of Art and History about the Revolutionary War here in Gaston County. So that is the the fighting the fighting styles. So when you see the militia on the battlefield against Bannister and, and they're running away, it's not because they had not seen they're they're salty veterans. But this is not the fighting style that they're accustomed to. They're accustomed to ambush attacks and relentless attacks, mm-hmm. but cannot stand between modern warfare that was coming their way. Right. So this is the problem that Washington had. Everything's a hot mess in the Carolinas, and the fighting forces at his disposal cannot fight the army that's coming their direction. They met him twice, got their heads handed to him twice. So he took a guy who has actually been a failure in the other campaigns with him. But one thing was that Washington was a master of, he was able to see talent before anyone else could. And even if he made mistakes, he could still recognize that you got potential. He saw this in a guy named Nathaniel Green, who was a Quaker from uh, Rhode Island, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly. And this guy's like, everyone's like, why are you picking him? You got all these other guys. Why this guy? It's like, this guy, trust me, he's going to resolve this problem. So he sent down Nathaniel Green. And Nathaniel Green said, okay, what we need to do, we do not need to go toe-to-toe with these guys. We're going to get killed because we are getting killed. We're going to suck them in. We're going to suck them into the, into the area, and we're going to pick them off. We're going to fight around the edges. That's what these guys know how to do. This is what they did against the Cherokees. This is what they've done against each other because they've been fighting amongst themselves as well. Bring in the army and make that march. He's like, you know, the leaders are going to have to chase him. The British leaders are going to have to chase me. But as they do, they're going to have multiple battles all around them. Uh-huh. And that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. So throughout the, South, uh, throughout the Carolinas, you will go and find these little battlefields, uh, uh, 96 and uh, Ramsar's Mill and, and Huck's Defeat and um, 
uh, the swamp fight, uh, the you know, all these little little scrimmages, these little fights, these little Francis firefights. Marian. Yeah, okay. Francis Mears, the, the swamp fox. All this stuff is going around, and it's just chewing up the British. Uh-huh. And there's two things that happen. One, they had to stop the Loyalists from joining the British. Because you remember, that was the plan. Right. Come through the Carolinas, get all the Loyalists. Got to stop that. And the Loyalists are being circled in by this guy, and I mentioned him earlier, uh, Patrick Ferguson, who's basically saying, at this point in time, either you join me or I'm going to kill you. Okay, I was going to ask how you get people to join it. At first, they kind of like, well, don't you want to be British? And aren't you more British? And <laughs> don't, but, you you know, don't you like tea? And look at our fancy hats and you know, all this kind of stuff. But then it guy's like, forget it. You guys, either you join me or we kill you and your family. They didn't have the Beatles back then either. So they... That's what he said, and it basically a rounding resolve of not all came from the mountains in Virginia, North Carolina, and beginning part of Tennessee, the over-mountain men. And they came in and joined in with the, Patri- uh, the, the, the Piedmont guys who'd been fighting, and they made this like this, this little army of uh, I remember, a couple, couple thousand people that really don't have a commander. Nathaniel Green's not there. No real commander's there. It's just a hot podge of guys leading their own little brigades. And they're coming from here, from Gaston County. Uh, the uh, Chronicle, William Chronicle, uh, is one of the main guys that, okay. that, that leads this group from our area. They're called the South Fork Boys. All these, you know, all along the South Fork River is where they uh-huh. were living. So they gathered together to go fight against Ferguson and his loyalists so they don't come into their neighborhood and kill them. That's the Battle of Kings Mountain. At that battle, they beat back the Loyalists. Ferguson dies. They bury him on the mountain. You can still go to his grave today. There's a major, resounding Civil War victory because it's uh-huh. the Americans versus Americans. Uh-huh. It's decided for the boy who comes out of the back part of the Carolinas. Are you going to be loyal to the British or are you going to join in the Patriots? Before that battle, before 1780, no one knew. It's, good. it's like it's up in the air. But after that point in time, Loyalist die off because the army of the loyalists has been defeated mm-hmm. and has been wiped off. And this is weird little thing because that gathering together and then they all disperse, mm. bury wow. the dead and go back into their own little groups. So you had that. The second thing you had to do was beat Bannister Tarleton. He is running amok through this area, slapping off heads and killing everybody, doing what he's called the Bannister Quarter. Back then, if you were trying to surrender, you asked for quarter. And then they're, you know, you lay down your laws, and they, you know, lay down your, your, your guns, and they'll take you in. Bannister, at least in one occasion, his men did not give quarter. And Waxhaw, you go down to Waxhaw, there's the massacre at Waxhaw because the militia were trying to give up, and Bannister just cut them down. Oh, man. They called him Bloody Bannister at that point on. Oh. So they wanted his head. Uh-huh. So at Cowpens, which is right over the line in South Carolina, they have a full engagement where Daniel Morgan, who's the leader of the Patriots, tricks Bannister to charge in, and they what they call a double envelopment. They surround him and nearly kill him. Uh, George Washington's cousin, William Washington, is there and is about to stab Bannister with his sword, and his sword breaks. No. And then Bannister is about to stab him, and then William Washington's slave, a young boy named Bell, fires his pistol into Bannister's horse, causing Bannister to flee. Little microcosm of the war wow. right there in, in the mix of Calpits. Wow. So by that point in time, the British have been absolutely beat up. Bannisher's been, been bloodied. The whole army's been bloodied. The loyalists, they're gone. So now you have left is the leader of the group, this guy named Cornwallis, who is trying to catch Nathaniel Green. He believes if I just killed that guy, 
all these other guys will stop fighting. Uh-huh. So they have what's called the Race to the Dan River. The Race to the Dan. And they're cutting right through Gaston County. Okay. Right up there. Go to uh, Cowan's Ford. If you go up to the Catawba River where Betty's Ford is, uh-huh. there that's where a battle took place. This is all part of the Race to the Dan. Lord Cornwallis is trying to catch General Green. And they finally meet at Guilford's Courthouse hmm. in Greensboro. And then they have one more big battle. They finally catch up with him. Green has set up his line, and they run right into the, like, the British. Like, ha-ha, we have succeeded. We shall kill the Green. And they get in there, and then they just get pulverized. They still, the British win, but at this point in time, they are completely worn out. Uh-huh. Shot all to pieces. Their equipment has been destroyed. They've had to go through the Carolinas. For the past two years, they've been dealing with these stinking people. <laughs> and it's been nothing but heartache and misery. And then they look over, and though they have taken the field, they see there goes Green riding off on his horse. Like, it! And so they, they go, all right, everyone, pack your stuff up. And, you, know, you, know, you know, Wrap your wounds. Let's keep going. And they chase him to Yorktown. And then when they get to Yorktown, that's when they, they meet George Washington, who has been arrested, who has been training his men, who has been teaching them how to go toe-to-toe with the British. And he has a little friend named Lafayette <laughs> and Hamilton. The and, they've been, Lafayette. <laughs> and they've been talking to the French. <laughs> and the French show up in the bay with their full armada. And Cornwall's like, I'm out. I'm out. Uh-huh. Done. I can't win this battle. And the war comes to an end. Wow. So you can't get there until you get through all the crazy that is North Carolina and South Carolina. I have such a more appreciation for the Revolutionary War now. Yeah. It's awesome. It's, it, is, it is a fascinating tale. and it's, There's a lot of cool little characters that come from areas. You know, William Chronicle, he died there. That's where we get the name Chronicle Mill from. Ask. What about Ferguson? Ferguson is a park here. Is that some, that's a local person? That's a, that's a different guy. Okay. No, yeah. Different Ferguson. <laughs> Never mind. We, we, didn't, we didn't name anything after him. Nope. Okay. <laughs> but there's a great little story because Patrick Ferguson was Scottish, and a uh-huh. lot of the people in this area, especially the the, the, the early colonists, associated themselves with, with Scots. Okay. And so the, you, when you go to see Ferguson's grave, it's covered in stones. The old tradition was to place a stone on Ferguson's grave. Okay. Either out of respect, that's how you did it in the old country, or you put a stone on there to keep that son of a gun in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Going to how which way you want to look at it. So I highly encourage people, this is a quick, dirty rendition of our, of our history of the, of the Carolina uh, involvement in the war, but it is a great study. There's some wonderful places to go see around us. Go visit the battlefields. Go talk to people that know about it. Plenty of books out there to pick it up. It's something that we should all just really embrace and enjoy is our connection to the Revolutionary War. I'd rather just hear you talk about it. That was fascinating <laughs> <laughs> than read. If, if, if I read more, I would know more about the war probably already. So, yeah, I, like, I liked your story. I well, thank you. I appreciate it. So this. when people do Revolutionary War reenactments, like, for example, the one in Kings Mountain that happens frequently, is that they're reenacting that battle at that location, or are they reenacting different battles? Yeah, generally speaking, you're, you're reenacting um, the one that happened at that location. Okay. Or you a know, part of it. Or a part of it, yeah. yeah. You, you know, because you got to remember, I mean, a lot of these battles took more than one day. It, was, it wasn't a, okay, battle is scheduled for 10. Right. You know, <laughs> um, let's be done by lunch because we have other things to do. No, it's, um, a lot of these battles would take sometimes a couple hours, uh-huh. sometimes days. Um, so yeah, so they typically whenever you go to a spot that's doing a reenactment, they're at, they are actually reenacting to a, a certain portion of that battle typically. Okay. Yeah, 
Which is always a lot of fun to see, you know, because you get to see the colors, you get to see the sounds. Yeah. Or you get to see the sounds. You hear the sounds. <laughs> right. Uh, the guns going off, which is always a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 Is that something that you can just go watch? Oh, yeah. Sure. I mean, yeah. there's you know, the, the one that do at Calvin's, Rancher's Mill up mm-hmm. in um, Guilford Lincoln, Courthouse. Guilton, you know, Rancher's Mill in Lincoln County, Guilford Courthouse does it. And, um, you know, I'm a personal lover of, of this place called Historic Brattonsville, mm-hmm. which is in York County, just below us. They do a, they had a, a scrimmage there called Huck's Defeat. And every summer they do a reenactment of Huck's Defeat, which is always a lot of fun to go see. And uh, just really, you know, enjoyable. Um, yeah, that sounds, day. that sounds great. Yeah. And, then, you know, we didn't even talk about, you know, there's a whole long, you know, we kind of touched on the Cherokee aspect yeah. I and mean, the, the involvement of the war between them. But with them, the uh, the, uh, the involvement of the Catawba who were there, the, they, they chose the size of the Patriots. Why did they do that? And also I mentioned Bell, the involvement of those who were enslaved, um, being part of this war as, as either having to watch it or surfing in it or, or being forced to be part of it, that their stories are there as well. And, you know, one of my fascinating stories when you talk about enslavement history, that the revolutionary time period is a moment in time where enslavement could have died. It was so close to being ended. There were leaders of our country, our founding fathers, looking at enslavement and recognizing the hypocrisy of it, and they missed that opportunity. And to look at that is just a fascinating study as you kind of look at it, even here in the Carolinas, uh, how that played a part of, a, of the decisions that were being made here. Mm-hmm. Revolutionary War. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Do you have any, like, uh, reading recommendations of... Like, I'm really curious about the Cherokee and Taba uh-huh. interaction, especially because, like, n- today there are sovereign nations mm-hmm. in South Carolina and Western North Carolina. Yeah. So, like, where can I learn more about, like... Well, definitely the, the Museum of the Cherokee Indian. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you know, they, they have uh, quite a bit going on. Uh, the Catawba, um, have a they have a history center down on their reservation. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the... Uh, if, if you're down towards the south... Uh, Southern southeastern portion of our state, uh, the American Museum of the uh, Southeastern American Indian. Yes, um, uh, they uh, they do a phenomenal job. Uh, so all of those places have have great you know great exhibits and, and great information on on the native involvement throughout our hi- the history of our state. Um, as far as books go regarding the native involvement, I'm. I'm not blind or, to ask. Or about the Revolutionary War in general. There's, oh my goodness, there's one of my favorite authors, this guy named Gary Nash, um, who is actually a, a historical writer, uh, a, a historian, I should say. Um, you know, that job, that job we do. That thing that we do. <laughs> he does it really well. Um, and he has written several different books uh, that deal with the Revolutionary War. So I always point to him. There's this great book that's called The Forgotten Fifth. Uh, which actually talks about enslavement involvement during uh-huh. the Revolutionary War. There's another one about that he talks a lot about the revolution in the backcountry. Uh, just a great, great writer. Uh, Nash is his name, and Woodward is another one. Uh, the radical, the radicalism of the American Revolution is a really good book. Um, if you like to go even more in depth, there's books on just ind- independent battles. It's like a Devil of the Whipping. That's uh, the Battle of Cowpens. There's a book just dedicated to that. Multiple books wow. dedicated to it. So the Over Mountain Men, there's a whole series that's, that goes into Kings Mountain about like every different group of people that are there, what they were doing. So if you really want to go deep dive, there's plenty of stuff. But I would, I would say start with Nash because he does a good job of overviewing everything. His stuff is top notch. And just go to the library. Just go to our local Gaston County Library. Start perusing the shelves. There's a lot of good stuff there that you can just pick up and enjoy. A ton has been written on it. A ton yeah. has been written on it. And and there's been a lot of new stuff because there's been a lot of people like ourselves who grew up and are like, wait a minute, this happened here? And <laughs> yeah. so there's been, a, there's been a resurgence of this type of, of, of history. So it's, it's a great chance to pick it up and read some new stuff. Yeah. Awesome. 
I think Hamilton has helped with that. Hamilton has too. helped. For sure. But there's no <laughs> Hamilton for all the other stuff. Yes. Yeah, no. yeah, we need Hamilton. We need Gaston <laughs> County Hamilton. It is, it is kind of fun, though, when you go to York County and you start singing Hamilton because you're standing in the place that Hamilton was. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> and they not give you dirty looks. <laughs> not saying I've done it. I'm just saying <laughs> it looks like fun. Don't give away your shot to do that. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> to go to York County. Don't throw away your shot. And Smile more, talk less. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank well, you so thanks, much. Thanks, guys. Yeah. We appreciate Thank it. You. It was fascinating. Yeah. I can hear you talk about this forever, so but we'll, we'll stop it. For the sake of the people who edit this part. Exactly. <laughs> Sick for Josh. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Bye.